Ethan, do you know where the script is for today? I'm trying to look for it. Uh, it's online, babe. You know, because we should probably, according to Hunter, follow the uh, the script. Just like we should follow scripture alone. <sighs> to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does, with your hosts, Hunter, Jessica, Finn, and Dina. And this is the Altered Podcast, woo! Yeah. Where we honor God and the things that he does. I am Hunter, we're here with Ben and Dina, and my wife is out making the dough. She's making dough? Oh, I love bread. <laughs> <laughs> she making waffles? I love waffles. <laughs> Hopefully this dough isn't doesn't have leaven in it. Ah, yes. Uh, from Ben's message today. Well, this. if it leavened, would it be making more? I don't know. Would it be expanding? Oh. Ooh, exp- I would like to have expanding dollar dollar bills. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today is the finale. Not of the Altered Podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like it is? <laughs> we're we're ending after today? Never mind. Never mind. So, no, we have too much money in this. <laughs> Got to <laughs> at least true. make it back. Yep. Um, so 500 episodes later, <laughs> we might do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the finale of uh, The Five Solas, and this is Scripture Alone. Ooh. If you didn't know from Dina's little silly intro before the intro. It is not <laughs> silly. It is very serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds like it. All right. Ben, Dina, how was y'all's week? It's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, before we dive into one of my favorite things that we do in the podcast, we have an ad break. I know we, that we just started, but, you know, we got things to do during the ads. So, this is from Anchor, or if you do have the app now, it is pod, uh, Spotify for podcasters. So, hit it, Ben. Well, you know, as much as I like to hear Dina talk, I'm glad that ad is over. <laughs> so I thought, her, I thought she sounded like an angel. <laughs> I'm sure you did. So normally we have something that we say, what has God done for you this week? But I had a guy, Tommy Ford, I told you I'd shout you out, my Arminian buddy. Buddy. Uh, oh, we're friends. <laughs> you and me, Tommy Ford. Let's go, boy. Um, so he said, hey, I was confused by what you all was doing. I really liked it. But this really stick with your tagline. So we're going to start calling it, calling it honoring God and what he has done this week, because we are all the altered podcast, honoring God and the things that he does. So, um, Ben, what has God done for you this week? Man. So I preached at church this morning, right? (laughs) And it's so funny. I last week. Okay. So we're, we're doing this for those of you who don't go to real life, we are doing an expositional walkthrough of Matthew. So we're reading from the past five years. I mean, we've been in it for a few weeks, yes. Um, but we're going, years, we're going verse by years. verse, chapter by chapter through the entire book of Matthew, and it's awesome, but it's long. So it's taking a while. Last week, I was talking to Pastor Chris. We talk, we he preached on the feeding of the four thousand. And I don't know why, but when I read it, I went, the next chapter is chapter 17, the transfiguration. So the entire week I was going, I'm preparing for the transfiguration. But the super cool part about it is every time I would open the transfiguration, I got, I don't want to say I got nothing out of it, but I got nothing out of it. Like I got no preaching points. I could not figure out a main point. 
I couldn't do anything. Like I, I couldn't. Ben was like, I still don't have anything. I'm like, why not? You've been in there forever I studying. I mean, like, and it wasn't just like one day. It was like every day I'd pull it up. We were at a conference this past week, tech conference. And in my like in-between times, like I'd pull up the transfiguration and I'd read it again. Nothing. Like nothing. Well, yesterday, and I know it's Sunday like we're, that we're recording this, and it's bad that I prepared the day before, but I had nothing and I'd prepared all week and I couldn't figure it out. Well, it turns out that I wasn't supposed to preach out of the transfiguration of Matthew 17. I was supposed to preach out of Matthew 16. And Matthew 16 is where Jesus talks about you can discern the the signs of the weather, but you can't discern the signs of the times. And so I was so glad, number one, that God didn't give me anything for the transfiguration. And that number two, he corrected me because actually when I prayed for help, asking the Lord to show me where I was going wrong, he showed me you're in the wrong chapter. And so... God gave me all these points. It was actually really fast uh, when I started preparing for it. Um, I was super distracted and I was praying and I was like, Lord, I need help. Um, I'm having a hard time. And he just blow. And he gave me all the stuff and, and everything worked out great. I felt like, so there you go. Wow. That's good. Dina. So I also attended the same, uh, technology conference that Ben went to, but, um, I actually spoke at one of the sessions I'm so, so sorry for those people. Hey, they had a great time. In fact, they won an encore presentation. Wow. So, yeah. Um, uh, I'm supposed to schedule, actually, with Ben. Yep. For my <laughs> tech people. For the tech people. They want more in-depth about uh, using Canva. And so, um, I don't know. I just talked about uh, using Canva and the different things that, it, uh, that you can do with it. And for those of you that don't know, I also use it for our podcast. So, um, I don't know. I really like it because I use it for the podcast. I'm able to use it in different ways so that I can show some examples and real life examples for the students too. So, but I had about, I don't know, 70 to 80 people probably in that room. So it was a pretty, pretty large room and I had about 50 minutes to speak and I actually ended up taking up that whole 50 minutes. So, yeah. Well, this week, um, we had some crazy weather here in Kentucky, a big bunch of ice hit the roads. And so in our Bible study at work, we are doing something that's called Ignite um, Your Passion for the Bible. So it's this uh, little book that we're going through. It teaches you how to read the Bible and how you should uh, really pay attention to the certain words in the Bible and things like that. So one of our, uh, I love it when people in my own Bible study will go, hey, I want to teach this. And I'm like, all right, because that means I don't have to teach, which is great. (laughs) So, but he got in a car wreck that morning of the bad weather, broke his nose, totaled his car. So, and I didn't know that till after the fact. And so I just, uh, I just got done. Like we was like we were working, so I just got done, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he got in an accident this morning. He won't be able to make it." So everybody's just like sitting there staring at me, like, "So what are you going to do?" <laughs> I was like, "Uh." So we just got done talking about the five solos in the group, and I got done explaining, um, and we just went through Romans, right? So I had another guy who was another pastor went through Romans. Um, as well. And so they got a little confused towards the end. Like his, he's a little, uh, punch things down your throat, not build things up kind of guy, which both are needed. Um, but 
it's just a, it was the benefit of being a youth pastor for a while. You get to really explain things to people who don't know a ton about the Bible. Sorry, guys. Uh, but they were just kind of still confused. So I went through Romans and talked to them about the importance of sharing the gospel. I said, because if you go, if you zoom way, way out, like Romans 1 through 8 was Paul's understanding of the gospel. Romans uh, the 9 through 11 was some application. And then Romans 12 through 16 was, uh, hey, this is what this really, really looks like as well. So I got to really explain this out and I got to talk to him about, hey, why are we not sharing the gospel to these people on these aircrafts? Hmm. Like, why are you walking by people? And this doesn't happen because Paul literally said, I am in anguish for people who are not who are not saved. Yeah. He's like, I would go to hell for them. Yeah. He says, I would cut myself off from Christ. Mm-hmm. I would give my salvation away. If that means that, they would get that saved. That the nation of Israel would be saved. Yeah. yeah his kinsmen. And so I'm like, but why would they, why, why has it, have you ever thought this way? Have you ever felt this way? Like, have you ever asked and said, I would cut myself off from Christ. So the people who are working next to me never got, or so they would get saved. And they're like, no, I'm like, well, to be honest with you, I've never thought the same way either. Yep. And so, I, so I really preached at them for 30 minutes, which is not something I normally do. Well, the rest of the week, I've been giving them practical tips of how to spread the gospel, answering simple questions like, we went over the Trinity, right? Just like if somebody asks you, what's the Trinity? Here you go. And I broke that down in 30 minutes. What's the gospel? Went over that in 30 minutes. So it's just practical things to help them spread their faith. That's what we've done. And it is dramatic. We've changed people's outlook. So pretty cool something bad right again we just talked we just got done talking about glory alone something bad and i hope aj's okay and his car gets fixed was used for his glory so pretty cool that is super duper cool man um so yeah so um now we're going to dive into the bible time as ben likes to call it talking about scripture alone so Dana, read for us Second Timothy uh, 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay, so what does this mean? All scripture is God-breathed. All right, so we, all right, thank you all for listening to the Oscar podcast today. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Done. Because so this tells me, what? That the scripture is God's word and that it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to rebuke? Ben, I like that question. <laughs> <laughs> so rebuking is, and this is, I don't have like a textbook definition, but it's a practical one. You, you're saying something to me, let's say I thoroughly disagree with it in a sense, like mm-hmm. a, a worldview. So then I am counteracting that worldview like in a sense of like correcting or saying, hey, this is not right for these reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's expressing your disapproval sharply. Right. Um, it's not just that you're like, I don't agree. Right. It's that you are. Um, the way I look at that is how Paul acted to Peter in Galatians chapter three. Yes, that's rebuke. Absolutely. So the actual definition says express sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or actions. Yeah. So exactly. It's exactly right. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> what's the next one? Correcting is in the same sense, but sometimes that can be a little bit more gentle. Like I correct my children. Sometimes I rebuke them, but sometimes I correct, um, in the same way that the Bible does us. 
right? The scripture should rebuke. It should almost impulse you in the sense of like, ugh, like I can't believe I did that or I've thought this way. Mm-hmm. But it should also correct you over time. Yep. You should start becoming uh, like a stone being rounded out, you know, mm-hmm. in, in this mill. Um, and then it's correcting and training in righteousness. Well, what's righteousness? Well, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that righteousness comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so teaching us how to become more like Jesus, which yep. is he is the word, and we're going to dive into that in a minute, would mean me reading and studying the Bible, Scripture, will lead me into righteousness because I'm becoming more like Christ. So that the servant may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the last one, the instruction, um, the, the training is really what it is in the King James, it says instruction, but, um, I like that one just because if you think about, you know, training, um, you, you train for physical events, you train for, um, uh, self-defense, you train for, you know, things that you have to put the time and the reps and the, and the study into so that you'll be prepared on the day when you have to have those skills. Right. So I like the fact that this one, it's not just, you know, people, they read through that one. And a lot of times they, they glaze over because they think it's basically every one of those is the same thing. He's just repeating himself four times and he's not every one of those words has a, has a specific reason for being there. And so it's useful for teaching. I can, I can show others the way it's useful for rebuking when somebody goes off the rails, like Peter did, Paul can correct him. You know, if if one of my biblical friends goes off the rails, I can rebuke sharply. Right. And sometimes that's what it takes. You said, you know, there's, there's a a time and a place for the people who drive points home like a hammer and a nail. Um, you correct. And sometimes that's more gentle, right? Like you don't always have to hammer nail somebody, um, when they, you know, accidentally do something wrong, whatever, um, correction is more gentle. And then training is this idea that in the off season, (laughs) if there is such a thing, um, I'm going to work to sharpen my skills so that when I need them, I'm literally ready in and out of season at any point to give a defense and all the stuff. So, you know, and rebuking comes inside a friend group, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't had to do it yet as elders, um, but it's going to come eventually where somebody says something and we're going to have to rebuke that sharply. Mm -hmm. I was back when R.C. Sproul died. Sorry, I know. I haven't mentioned him yet. Uh, (laughs) Today. I know. I I haven't. I I know. I must be feeling ill. Um, But back when he died, like 2016, something like that, um, I was watching. He just passed away. That's not that long ago, pal. I mean, he's, he's Googling it now. Uh, tell me when it is after I get done explaining my story. 2017. Oh, see, I was close. So 2017, I was watching his funeral service on the YouTubes. Mm. Ah, the YouTubes. <laughs> the YouTubes. Um, and John MacArthur got up there to do um, a eulogy. And he said, we were sitting at a conference with R.C. Sproul. And there were six guys in the room, three of us on one side, another three on the other side. And we were locked in this room because we was debating out this this it was almost like a a catholic like some people were adopting some of the catholic ideas inside the reformed church uh the reformed theology you know groups um so they were going back and forth and he said and we were all great friends we're all still great friends he says they're actually sitting out in the audience today you know and he said rc Sproul got up on the table and stood and pointed in that guy's face. He says, you don't understand what we're talking about. We're talking about salvation, how people are saved. Um, so even inside a friend group, you have to rebuke sometimes. And it matters, especially when it comes to scripture. These things matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the words of life. 
and how people are saved and how people are trained up in righteousness. So especially us as pastors, we have to sometimes get a little testy when we think what is the Bible says is being taught wrong or right, especially in one of our churches. Mm-hmm. So you can't always, and uh, oh, oh, Vody Bauckham says this, the 11th commandment is thou shall not be nice or thou shall be nice. It's not what that means. <laughs> like that's not, there's not, there's, that's not the 11th commandment. Yeah. That's not thing. the 11th commandment. There's, we don't have one, yeah. uh, but it's, yeah, because everybody says that, and he, every time he says that, it cracks me up. He's like, everybody thinks the eleventh commandment is "Thou shalt be nice." He's like, that's not a thing, okay? <laughs> um, he's like, you know, I'm not telling you to be disrespectful, but in a case like this, sometimes you have to be a little abrasive. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible can be abrasive to us. It goes against the grain of what natural life looks like, yep. because natural life is sinful. The Bible is not sinful, so it's going to push against the grain. Yep. Yep. And so today we're, you know, as, as we've already kind of talked about, we're talking about, um, scripture alone, right? We're talking about this idea that everything that we, that we do should be based out of scripture alone. And so why that is, why we, why we talk about all that stuff is because number one, the Bible talks about it itself, right? right. Um, the Bible talks about this idea that like we just said, that all scripture, all scripture is God breathed. And if it's God breathed, um, then we should pay attention to it. But I heard uh, this week, I heard Tim Mackey say this, and I thought it was really good. He said, you know, another reason why Scripture is really important is because Jesus talks about it as being really important. That's his, a good point. Yeah. yeah his, uh, his whole quote was, you know, it was like he had the thing memorized or something. Um, which He was there. You can, yeah, you can laugh a little bit more when we read this next point here in just a second. Um, but another reason why Scripture is so important is because of John 1 and what, it, what the Bible literally says about itself. Um, the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, not anything. And without him was not anything made. (laughs) I forgot it was there was not anything made that was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm. And so that whole passage is talking about Jesus. Jesus in the beginning was the word, which is Jesus. Um, and if you keep reading through that, we could read the whole passage, but we won't. But we if you keep reading. We could probably just spend our whole time there, but we're not. Yeah, but if you keep reading, you'll, you'll see where it, it says that Jesus was that, that word, that right. light that came into the world. Yeah, and, the word was made flesh, right? Yeah, yeah and dwelt among men, yep. Um, and so when we get there, um, it starts to give us this, a more complete picture, right? The, the Bible does talk about itself as God breathed, but then it goes just a little bit further. I actually used this, um, this passage in my message today. And we were talking about just this, this concept that you want to get anything out of life. You go to the Bible. If you want to get closer to Jesus, guess what? Jesus is the word. And so literally every word of scripture points us to a different facet of Jesus and how he made the world and what he did and, and all of the things and how it should work in the right way. Because like you said, the Bible is holiness and truth and we are not, we are sinful beings. And so as we read through scripture, one of the reasons why scripture is so important is because it is literally, if you take John 1, 1 to, to mean what it says, it is the word and the word was God. And all things were made through the word and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The word is Christ. And so as we read it, we literally get to know Jesus just a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, John one is amazing. 
in the sense of how it's worded because you're just like, okay, wait, hold on just a second. Because <laughs> if you read it fast, you can easily skip over it. Mm-hmm. But Christ was in the beginning. Christ was the creator, mm-hmm. but just as God was, right? So you see the you see the development of the Trinity here mm-hmm. in, in such a in such a speak, and it mirrors beautifully with Genesis one. But Ben, you also talked about Deuteron- Deuteronomy eleven. I did in your so break that down for us. Yeah, so Deuteronomy eleven, um, De- Deuteronomy eleven as a whole. If you want to, if you just want to get a good idea of the importance of the law and scripture to the Jewish people, you should read Deuteronomy eleven as a whole. Um, <clears throat> Deuteronomy eleven eighteen are the words of God through the prophet Moses to the people so that they could know and understand all of Deuteronomy 11 is the words of God through Moses to the people. And so, um, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen says, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Just, hmm. Let's just read that again, just because it's that good. You shall, therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means, number one, is that this thing needs to be in your heart. This thing needs to be deep down in your gut. It needs to be something that has impacted you so strongly that every beat of your heart, every movement that you um, have, every bit of blood that is supplied to your body is flavored by Scripture. It's this thing where your life has meaning because of it. That's your heart. And then your soul is literally every bit of your thought life. It's your personality. It's every bit of you that is rolled into this meat closet that I'm living in, right? right, Self-check. None of us are in this position, right? What do you mean? Like in a sense where you cut open... We get cut open in Bible verses bleed out, right, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Now, we spend a lot of time in the Bible, mm-hmm. but we all have room to work in this. We all have room to work on it, yeah. yeah. But but we'll get there. Yes, we'll right. get there. Yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's what it's saying. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in all of your actions and in all of your life and in all of your being. That's what it's telling you to do there. Right. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand which means everything that you put your hands to, all of your work, all of your everything should be flavored by this. So guess what? Your business practices should be biblical. Your um, speech and your everything should be biblical. The way you raise your kids and care for people should the be biblical. The way you treat your co-host, Hunter. Well, there must be a different Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Now, frontlet, I it was a, a piece of Jewish... Um, I guess clothing, but they didn't wear it all the time. But it was one of those things where it was particularly ceremonial. And so frontlets between your eyes was this idea that it should be like jewelry, basically. It's something that not only is it does it flavor your life and is a part of your work, but it's also something that you adorn yourself with. Um, it's pretty important, right? And then it goes on in verse 19, and it says, You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you're sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise. So literally everything that you do should be flavored by scripture and everything that you, um, when you walk and you're with your kids or when you're sitting in your house, which we all know we do that. Um, maybe we should turn the TV off and and talk about scripture with our kids and our spouse and all the things. Maybe I was telling this story in church. Dean and I went on a walk yesterday for purely health reasons. Um, I've been suffering from a knee injury. Why else would we go on a walk? (laughs) 
Because you like long walks on the beach. Thank you very much. Literally, I asked her what her perfect date was back when we first started dating, which was forever ago now. And Dina said, I like to go on walks under starry skies. Um, That was what she told me. So her perfect date is a walk, y'all. I'm a chunky fella. Like, anyway. Um, and one time, how far did we walk to get ice cream? Oh, my gosh. We walked three and a half miles oh. one way. One way. Which really isn't that bad. On a sandy beach. And then we walked three and a half miles back. I walked seven miles with this woman because I love her <laughs> to get a, an ice cream cone. These people just go out on walks on Labor Day to nothing. To they in the middle of the woods until they just feel like they want to turn around and come back. That is Dina's family, yes. They will feed you the most food you've ever eaten in your life so you are miserable. And then they're like, time to go on a 17-mile walk. Woo! And then I, so, so this year on Labor Day, I will show up because I like your family. It's going to be after the walk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the walks are all the time. They're happening all the time. It's interesting, Ben, that you use the analogy of using flavor, you know, spice it up with flavor or whatever. If you've ever ate meat or any other dish that has just like a little of, you know. How's that? (laughs) If you ever have had, if you've ever had a dish that has that in it, <laughs> run, <laughs> run away. Well, I realized that my hand gestures were not going to be on the podcast, so I had to like come up with something. How about a splash or of of seasoning? Well, you wouldn't dash. want a splash because a splash would probably be like a it, tablespoon. It's like the emerald, bam! You know that little that thing. Yeah, like a sprinkle. There we go, a sprinkle. Like a pinch. Yeah, a little bit. If you use a little <laughs> sprinkle of seasoning, and not even the good seasoning, probably like Dollar Tree seasoning, you know, it's not good seasoning. Why would, okay, why would we do that? Anyway. Why would we do that? Well, I'm just saying, like, if you decided you weren't going to use a lot of spice, if you weren't going to talk about the Bible much, your meat is going to be not flavorful. Uh, See? Yeah. It all made sense in the end. Literally every <laughs> time I, I preach a cooking um, analogy in scripture, Dina goes, did you know? <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. We talked about, you know, a little bit of flour leavens a whole lump. That's Dina. Help me figure out that you can make like a hundred thousand peanut butter jelly sandwiches or something. Yeah. When they talk about that. Well, and like a lot of these cheaper spices too, will have stuff that stretches out the spice. So you're still technically getting the spice, but you're also getting a lot of extra stuff like cornstarch and different things yeah, as long as it tastes like it i'm fine with it so that's why you need to check your ingredients on your spices and, and there's you your kitchen your tips yeah. <laughs> there's your kitchen tips for today yeah. all right so anyways uh you shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul right so it's, you're storing them up like fort knox mm-hmm. right and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, right? So Ben's kind of gotten into that and just trying to get us back on track here. So we're binding these up in our heart. And so what is in your heart will eventually come out, right? I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow in our uh, small group in Chi Alpha for Ben. What is in your heart will overflow out into everything that you do. Um, So it's all that kind of regard. And so with, with your heart is overfilled with scripture and love and passion for the Bible and love and passion for what the Bible teaches, which is love and passion for people, will pour out to, uh, of you. Um, your eyes should be set on it. You shall teach them to your children. Um, listen, 
<clears throat> I am a football coach at heart. So teaching children means yelling at children. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to get a kid. I'm going to yell, <laughs> just yell scripture at him all day. In the uh, beginning was the word. <laughs> now, so my children are fairly young. Like they're, th- my, Lily's three. So I've coached football for longer than she's been alive. Um, so my brother tells me all the time, he says, man, you've softened up ever since you've had girls. Because there's things I would have done at practice that I just won't do anymore because I have children and I'm, I've, I'm getting soft. Um, but like I had kids over there. I was on knees. I was just talking to him and he like took a picture and he said, this was, this was not three years ago, Hunter Deal. <laughs> he says, that man's dead. Like this is a phony. <laughs> so, um, but like, my ch- children now are three, so we're starting to try to te- read them simple stories of the Bible, getting them into it. Like they listen to Master's Voice all the time. Shout out to Master's Voice on our Alexa. They like they just love it, right? The only other song that she likes more than Master's Voice singing is Frozen. Uh, so <laughs> it's hard to compete with Disney. Sorry, guys. And repeating stories over and over again to children is actually a fantastic reading strategy that will help them read later, especially if you ask them questions all throughout it. Okay, go ahead. No, yeah, so like, <laughs> so the the church bought us the the storybook Bible, so like I'll point out the pictures, who's this, who's that, and I'll say it a thousand times, and my wife goes, she'll never remember that, and I'm like, I don't care. She will. Yeah. I promise she will. So it was like the other day she was talking about Adam and Eve, and I was so proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was like, uh, she pulled out a baby doll, and I said, who's that? She goes, this is Eve. I kicked it. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I really did do that. But that was funny. Um, just had to get a payback. But yeah, so is everything you do right needs to be wrapped around scripture. You can even have fun, right? We're not telling you to just be these Pharisees, right, with your coats on, looking for something that goes against scripture. We're saying even in your fun times, right, we have a great time and everything that we do as a group together. Um, you know, watching movies, everything is um, in that light. Yeah. So. Yeah. Flavors everything you do. It's part of your stuff. Flavor, flavor. Flavor, flavor. Dina. Yes. Read me another one. What else we got? Um, we have Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Yeah. So I use this when I'm preaching today as well. If you want to get just a better understanding of what you should do in life. Now, are all the steps of your life laid out in the Bible? No. My name, Ben Burnett, is not in there somewhere. And it's like, Ben Burnett, you shall marry Dina Killian. And then you shall buy a house in Berea. And then you shall do a podcast called The Altered Podcast with Hunter Deer. Like, we don't have that in Scripture. But you want to find out just generally what you should do in life? If you're, if you're, if you're struggling, if you're like, I don't know what my next step should be, well, guess what? You should open the Scriptures. And you should start reading them because the Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Yeah, and it may not tell you, like, hey, listen, you need to go apply for a job right. or something. But what it will do is give you spiritual enlightenment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, right, it can be applied to your life. You start looking through it with a biblical lens. Mm-hmm. I love the little meme of a guy reading his Bible. And then he looks up, his Bible's glowing. Right? And he looks up, and then his eyes start going almost like headlamps. He's looking as a biblical window. And if I, when I teach this... I think it's even in our earlier podcast of uh, Bible reading is that the Bible becomes a filter for your eyes and for your mouth that these things start things that you look at things that you see are starting to be caught by a biblical lens and that is what you'll do so you read your Bible and then you start looking at ads for jobs in the newspaper and things start getting caught by your biblical lens 
even though that what you read about was about acts, right? You was looking, reading about Jesus getting crucified, or you was reading about acts of the uh, the early church, or whatever. Um, you're nothing about job postings, but everything about God. So it's pure, it's holy, it's separate. You look up, and it makes everything else stand out in the world. There you go. Absolutely. Dina, what do we got next? We have, again, Psalm 119, but verses 9 through 12. We went backwards just a little bit. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. There you go. And so, you were just saying it. How do you keep your way pure? When you're trying to figure out, should I apply for this job? Should I do this or that? Well, you read the scriptures. And when you read the scriptures, you can know more about how to keep your way pure. When you uh, read the scriptures, you are guarded according to the word. Um, And so, yeah, just good stuff. Good stuff all around. Let me not wander. I like this one. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want to, you have a sin issue. Guess what? Start storing the word in your heart. Right. And if, because, right, because what comes in your heart, your what's filled up in your heart, your mouth speaks. Yep. Um, I think that's a Bible verse somewhere. I, I believe and, it is. It's, and for it's me, sometimes whenever I get into a situation, sometimes I have to think, okay, what are my choices? Mm. What could I do? And what should I do? And sometimes mm. those are hard decisions. Ben, yeah. pop quiz. Yes. Can you tell, <laughs> Uh-oh. can you tell when I've watched the news more or I've read my Bible more? Oh, 100%. So I, cause I will get on a conservative rant huh? <laughs> if I've watched the news more than I've read my Bible that week. Yep. It's a personal note, self-check, right? Yep. I, sometimes I have to stop myself. I'm like, all right, picking up an ax here or <laughs> wherever I'm at because <laughs> yep. like, this is not good. Yeah. You can, you can just listen to the way somebody's like just what the words that they say, the words that come out of their mouth and you can know how much scripture versus the news that they've, they've taken in when they start quoting news stories and they don't quote scripture, you know, they've been watching the news that we cannot read the Bible. When they start talking about both, um, when you get, when I start getting the wild eyes and I'm like, did you know that prophecy says this and this is happening? <laughs> you know, like you, you know what's happening. So there you go. Yeah. So Vince said that today in his message. I was like, Ooh, hit me in the, the heart. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not like we read the, we don't read the Bible at all, mm-hmm. but there are times in the news, like, I mean, if Donald Trump gets arrested on Tuesday, the day this yeah. releases, yeah. or the day whatever one releases yeah. that, you know, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> so like I read an hour in the Bible, but maybe I watched the news for two and a half hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which isn't good. We right. should not do that. It should be the complete opposite. Yeah. Right. And so if I have time to watch the news, I should be have time to, to read this because something new is going to pop out every time I read it. Mm-hmm. And this is the Well, we need something encouraging too, because the news is just, I don't know about you. Like I like watching the news in a way, like for just a little bit. And then the, Less just to see what the weather's supposed to be like, but at least to hear like the main hot topics that's going on. But then I'm like done because if I keep on listening to it more than that, I'm just drained. And I'm like, there is nothing good 
Dina, out there. Dina's just watching to see if TikTok gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, that okay, is Okay, so well, true. listen, I get some fantastic recipes <laughs> off of there, so. Oh, goodness. Oh. All right, Matthew 4.4. Four. Get the nail on the head. <laughs> but, he ans- but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yeah. And that was kind of the one that I felt like, not that necessarily we should end on. I actually have one more that I haven't put in there. It's the secret behind door number four. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, why, why do we, why is scripture the authority? Because we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right. And so it's really important to look at salvation, for instance, or look at anything. It's really important to consider what the authority of your life is because how you believe, like you said, will flavor everything else in your life. How you believe about something will show you the way that you interact with it. How you believe about something. If you don't read the Bible, it's because you don't believe it's important. Um, Dina was talking about this today on the way to church. She was like, you know, the weather affects you literally every day because you walk outside and you're going to get rained on or it's going to be hot or whatever. And I meant to bring this up in my message, but I didn't, but does not everything in scripture affect you that much more? Literally, you have to have an eternal view in order to see scripture as important. But when you do everything, like that verse said, everything in our heart and in our soul and everything has to be flavored by the scriptures. It's that important. And I tell people all the time, and this is when I have to have a heart to heart with people Mm -hmm. and what you tell, they're not reading their Bible. I ask them, do you, do you believe that the Bible, the word of God is God breathed? 99.9% 99.9% of the time, everybody says yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, of course I do. 100%. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's God breathed. Why don't you read it? Do you treat it like that? And they're like, uh, what do you mean, why don't I read it? You read it. When's the last time you read your Bible? It's been a couple months ago. If, if God was on the newscast and he was pumping out scripture on the newscast every day, you'd be watching it. Maybe. Right? But this is literally it. This is the word of God and you won't read it. So uh, my argument is, is you do not think it's the word of God. You truly don't believe it. You've been told this your entire life that this is the word of God, but you do not believe it. You're like, yeah, it's the word of God. And then you move on. Like, do you understand who God is? (laughs) Like God is the eternal one. Mm -hmm. The one, when you think of a black room, right. And there was this God hovering there and he created stuff. He was there before the room was created or the blackness. Right? Like before anything that you can picture, before nothingness, he was there before nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. So that is the man that you are reading the words of, and you say you think it's the words, but you don't read it. It blows my mind. Yep. Well, over. And reading <laughs> in general is just down across America anyway. Pastor Joe Girdler shared this really cool statistic, which I see all the time being a librarian, about how many people actually read. Reading, I guess, is not cool or not as entertaining as it once used to be because, you know, I don't know, we have to think about it, I guess. But, um, Like if you ask and don't ask Pastor Chris because he actually reads books, but ask any of your (laughs) other friends, when was the last time they went to a bookstore? When was the last time they read a book? You're going to be surprised. 
if they've read a book all the way through within this past year. You know, that doesn't surprise me because I went through high school and I think I only read two books through high yeah. school. And I think even your senior year, I was like, oh my gosh, Hunter. Yeah, I got yelled at. <laughs> I got rebuked. <laughs> uh, but I I think last year alone, I read more books than Pastor Chris. I think we was tallying them up. Whoa. And I finished more books than Pastor Whoa. Chris Whoa, I think you need a plaque for that. I know. A statue. Yeah, I need to make I read you like, a trophy. I read like 12 good-sized books. Like, and that's not counting Harry Potter. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm quite impressed. Yeah. I'm so I, impressed. I read The Doctrines of, uh, The Foundations of Grace by Steve Lawson, which was like an 800-page book. Whew, it's so long. I haven't even read it. <laughs> you showed it to me. And it, it just looks like another Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, I was, I, I finished that in like a month and a half. So at this uh, technology conference we were at, we had some breakout sessions with some librarians and something that we always talk about is a 40 book challenge can you read 40 books in a year oh that'd be tough yeah i don't think i don't think i could you don't think you could no if you count like the books well i mean like most of the time it's like picture books but you're still reading a book so if you read a book to lily or Alyssa, that still counts i'm gonna say because there's i mean we get through the bible in a year and that's 66 books Mm -hmm. yeah so technically Mm-hmm. So, if anybody is interested in me making a really cute graphic or manly graphic for a 40 book <laughs> challenge, let me know and I'll post it up on the podcast Facebook page. If it's going to be a graphic, I want it to be a manly graphic. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, I tend to make cute things, so. You do. Uh, all right. Last thing. Let's wrap this sucker up here. Oh, that, you have two more things. I have. It's, <laughs> it, well, they're the same passage, technically. I just skipped a few verses. Um, so Hebrews, Hebrews 11, right? We, we've talked about um, Scripture being the authoritative part. You know, I, it, the authority is not me. I can tell you about Scripture all day long. But if I say something that doesn't line up with Scripture, um, then you should ignore me and listen to Scripture, right? Um, the Pope, sorry, my Catholic brothers and sisters, I love you guys, but if the Pope says something and it doesn't line up with scripture, then scripture is the authority, not the Pope. Um, that's the way we believe it as Protestants. I can't believe you just said that. I did, I'm just kidding. but I, I love, Hey, listen, I love you, my Catholic brothers and sisters. I do. I'm not saying anything bad about you. Um, and of course I closed out my stuff. That's all right. Um, Can but I'm talking about, yeah, go ahead. Give me something. Hebrews 11, one through three. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen for by it, the people of old received their con- condemnation by faith. We understand that the universe, whoa, whoa, back up. What? They didn't receive condemnation. They received their commendation. Whatever. Yeah. No, no, that's, oh, that's <laughs> really important. Big difference. Big difference. I'm, I'm, I'm not condemned by faith. Well, in my defense, faith, I did not know I was reading this. Commended by faith, yes. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, commendation. 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 Yes, I see that now. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And then give me 11.6 to finish it up. And without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Yes. So your commendation is like your reward. It is this concept that um, it's by faith that we're saved. And so why, why did I put that in there? Because I feel like you have to wrap up the whole thing by saying this. We've just talked about five solas, right? They are the five alones, the solas, the sole things that you need for salvation. You need faith alone in Christ alone, um, to the glory of God alone. We know that by scripture alone, you know, like you have all of these things, but why are they all important? It's because the scripture says that by faith, 
we are saved. By faith, it's impossible, or without faith, rather, it is impossible to please him. Mm. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. It doesn't say, for instance, that I have to do the list of stuff, right? I don't have to clean my life up. I don't have to do all those things. Rather, I must have faith and believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. When it, when it talks about faith, Hebrews 11 is the, the, like the faith chapter, in my opinion. And it starts off and it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And why is that important? It's important because I'm not paying attention to works. I'm paying attention to faith. I'm paying attention to the one who can save me. And that's the important part. Um, by, it says, and for by it... In other words, faith. The people of old received their commendation, their reward. They weren't saved because they had the law. They weren't saved because they entered into a covenant with the Lord, though that is important. They are saved because of faith in the work of God. Mm. And that is it. And that is why scripture alone is important. Otherwise, you could tell me that I need to do whatever X, Y, and Z to clean myself up first, and I'd have to believe it. Right. But the authority of scripture is the important part mm. there, so I don't. Yeah, so last 10%. I want to go first because I never get to go first. Hey, yeah, you're you always telling us to go first. I know. Yeah. Uh, so last 10%, I just want to say it before anybody else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, no, last 10% of, for me here, and if you don't know, if this is your first time listening in, last 10% is where we summarize. It's an old Chi Alpha term that Ben and them brought in here. Uh, they It's a summarization of the whole lesson that we just talked about. So, this is our last little tidbit. Um, so. My last 10% is that we have gone through five amazing things that were pulled out um, of the text through the Reformation, right? So Martin Luther never came up with the five solas, right? He wrote about these individual topics that that the Catholic Church didn't necessarily teach. They say they believed in these things, but they always said it was faith plus works, grace plus merit, Christ plus the Eucharist, Mary, whatever, um, you know, the glory of God. Um, I can't remember what the side tag for that one was. And it was scripture plus the Pope, um, and, and the Cardinals and the fault, right? So yeah, the priesthood, all, yeah. yeah, all that. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know what the glory one was. That's going to bother me now. Um, but how do I know all these things are true? And you just got done saying that it's because of scripture alone that I know that, by grace, I am saved through faith, right? So I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. I know all that because of Scripture. And then I'm saved to the glory of God alone. Because, how do I know that? All because of Scripture alone. That is the main importance here, uh, where they're all singly important. But my the viewpoint is that the, the anchor holding all these together has to be Scripture, Right? has to be scripture because without scripture, I don't know that I'm saved by grace alone. Mm -hmm. I don't save, know that I'm saved by faith, Christ, glory alone. I could, those things are obviously true, but I would not know them. And the second is that all five of these things are the essentials to truly understanding God's character through salvation for us, mm -hmm. that he truly set um, a redemption path through his son. Right, because the other way was not the, the a, a works based religion is just another one of those religions out there that you have to do something to meet a false god. That's all it is. And God said, "I'm different than these than these people. I am going to send myself down to rescue these people." 
And this is not going to be on anything of their own merit. It's going to be all because of how great I am. It's all, again, for his glory alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my big thing, is that every other religion says you go do, 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 and then you'll finally meet, you know, uh, Valhalla or whatever. I will, I will attain enlightenment. Right. Yeah. That you that you will finally reach this paradise, so you'll get your 70 virgins or whatever happens to you, you because you did these things. Christ says it's not because of about what you've done, but it's because of about what I have done. Mm-hmm. And not by your righteousness, because your righteousness is as filthy rags to the Lord, but it's because of my righteousness, because it's pure. That is my tidbit for this whole finalizing this off is that it makes our it makes our re- religion I hate calling Christianity religion it makes our faith our lifestyle mean something it is different than all the other ones people say you Christians are not different true Christians are different we're saved by a purpose for a purpose and through a purpose that we are just not we're not different or we, we are different we're not the same oh you have to live your life because Buddha told me to and that's how I reach enlightenment no because something greater than me saved me from a wretched place that I was mm-hmm. at the end of the day I don't deserve it mm-hmm. I am true. terrible right but my favorite doctrine ever is the doctrine of depra- total depravity <laughs> I, and I, because it makes me go back and realize if you ever think about how bad I was like even though I was I was a fairly quote unquote decent person before being saved I in God's eyes am terrible and that will make you feel, I'm six foot nine and that will make you feel two inches tall right the, the, when God looks down upon you he doesn't see anything but judgment without Christ <coughs> intervening in your life you cannot do anything good. And that is amazing to me that God chose us to be these people. You know, it's amazing. All right. Somebody else go. Tina. Well, it's hard to go after Hunter because he pretty much summed up everything that that's I was going to. I, I know. To that's first. why you went first. <laughs> so, but for me, I'm always about creating analogies. And so I think of these five solas as like something very intricate. Like if you think of the gears on a clock, right? Have you ever had a clock that just goes haywire and about two weeks later, it's not on the right time? I'm talking about like the old school clock, Hunter, the, hun- the clock that you can't read. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at his watch and he's got one of those things. Clock. It looks yeah. like an old school clock. Yeah, it looks like an old school clock, but it's not because it doesn't have the gears in it. That's true. But if you talk about an old school clock with all of the gears that work together to create, you know, the time, if you have a gear that's off, you're going to be late. By even a minuscule amount. Yeah, because you never got one that was fast. <laughs> When a gear was off, it never went too fast. And if there is one out there, I'm shocked. But for like my parents love to collect clocks. I don't know why, but they do. And so um, that was their beanie babies of their time, I guess. And so (laughs) um, if you get a clock that's off, you're going to be late. So you want to make sure that you're not too late. That's good. Hmm. Last 10% for me. Uh, it goes back to John 1, 1. Uh, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the Word. Um, and so, yeah, um, it, it, that's it. Why is Scripture important? Why should I pay attention to it? Because when I read Scripture, it is the prophetic voice of God to me. Um, 
maybe not necessarily written for me, but still to me so that I can read it and understand what God has to say. And it is just as alive and active today as it was when it was written so many years ago. And it's awesome. So there you go. That's my last 10%. It's awesome. Hashtag. Uh, <laughs> uh, awesome. You just say the hashtag first. Oh, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you want from me. Uh, <laughs> hashtag where are my teeth. <laughs> so now it is time to do this segment that we do always at the end of every podcast. And then we, every 10 episodes, we switch to a new one um, just to kind of break up some of the serious moments in the podcast. So this is now Hunter's Random Question. Now, Guys, this, I'm stuck between two questions. I'm afraid. And I don't know which one to do. The better one. <laughs> well, I'll just save one for next week, I guess. There you go. Simple. You only can choose one. What's your favorite TV show? Dina, go. Survivor. Okay. I did not expect that. That's 100% her favorite TV show. <laughs> Ben, just pick it. You don't. You're not supposed to think about it. Well, that's the problem. Is I don't really have one. Wow. I don't. The Chosen. It's not really a TV show though. It is a TV show. I mean, I guess so. Um, I, I don't really have a t- favorite TV show. There's not something that I'm just like I have to watch this. Um, I tell you what, I do have one favorite one as of right now. Uh, Roadkill Garage. I like that one. Okay. Um, mine is Friends. I love Friends. Okay. It cracks me up. I was asking my grandfather, you know, the one who was on here with us last week, a philosophical question because mm. Joey brought it up to Phoebe. <laughs> and Joey says that there are no selfless good deeds. Mm. And Phoebe goes, yeah, there are. And so they, they searched the whole episode. <laughs> they do. And she gave away like her like last dollar <laughs> to, to this uh, charity event that, Joey was on the phone for and she said see I don't feel good about this at all and then Joey gets recognized on TV because it was they hit this major donation <laughs> and she's like oh I feel so good and she's like no, no. yeah that was a good so one. It, him and I started talking about it you know selfless good deeds and he's like I can't really think about one I said the only one I can think about is Jesus ah. so there is one I can think about selfless good deed mm. and he was like mm, that's actually very interesting <laughs> but shouldn't you feel good for doing good it's not the question. <laughs> I mean, you should. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm not saying there's anything wrong about feeling great about doing things. But is there a selfless good deed? And yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> is martyrdom? The whole time that we're driving home, Hunter, now he's going to be thinking of them and he's going to be like, oh my gosh, this and this. I'm just going to tell you, him to call you. <laughs> but you think about them and you're like, oh, here's one. And then there's always somebody can shoot it down somehow, some way. Well, and that's true. I mean, even everything that we do technically is for the reward of heaven. Right, you so. know, But listen, so next week we are getting into my favorite time of the year, and that is Easter time. Woo. You mean you have a favorite holiday? I have a favorite holiday. You celebrate holidays? <gasps> I can't I, believe I, it. I do. I donut believe it. <laughs> what? Donut? Donut? Because no, we'll, we'll no, listen to the, No, what? Let's stop. <laughs> when you hear what we're talking about next week, you'll understand. Nope. Oh, okay. Donut. Donut? Mm-hmm. Well, gosh. Hey, could you tell us what we're talking about next yeah, week? Yeah, I will. So, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy week. <laughs> ah. Yeah. 
stupid. <laughs> so yes. I've been thinking about that for the past 30 minutes. <laughs> so this coming, your next week, your next podcast that you'll listen to is about Holy Week. And we'll go over all these things. And we're thinking about doing some special stuff for Easter and Good Friday, but we don't know yet. So we're not promising Yeah, we anything. haven't hopped to it yet. Oh, here we go. But one thing I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about the Easter Bunny, right? So because we talked about Santa Claus, we talked about everything else, so I think it's only right and fitting to talk about the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every bunny should listen to that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so mute her microphone. <laughs> um, so there's things about Holy Week that, you know, that's, that's going to be good, and it, but Easter is, is an event. That if you can't get excited about Easter, I don't know what you get excited for. But thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that He does. Catch us next week. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to join us next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to join us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.